Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. My guest today is Curtis Booker. Curtis and I are both in the radio biz, which sounds kind of glamorous, and usually it's not. <laughs> uh, a lot of times it comes with a lot of moving and shakeups, and it's, it's a very cutthroat business. And sometimes you end up having to make personal sacrifices to elevate yourself professionally and vice versa, and Curtis has definitely been through a lot of that. So... Thank you so much for being willing to share your story, and, uh, and I just want to hear a little, a little bit about your journey in the radio biz. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me today, Carly. Um, do you want to kind of go back to um, how I started off? Yeah, because I know you're originally from Detroit, right? Yeah, so I grew up in Michigan. Um, I went to a broadcasting school called Spec Howard, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because that was 20 years ago. Uh, so I started there in 1999, and then I graduated. Um, I got a position as a board op um, at the station I was interning at. So sometimes, like, when you do an internship, you might be lucky enough to get a job at where you interned at. Sometimes you don't. But, right. Uh, it turns out I was able to get a job uh, board oping. So did that um, for almost a year, um, and then I took my first full-time gig in Idaho Falls. So I went from Detroit to Idaho Falls. That's Crazy, a big right? move. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> culture shock for yeah. sure. Yeah, I uh, I took a train out there, and I got there on Labor Day of 2000, pulled up uh, in Idaho Falls on a, on a bus. It was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I went there. I did nights there for about eight months. And then uh, following that, um, a guy who I interned with in Detroit had worked at U92 in Salt Lake City. I met him, obviously, in Detroit, and he kind of put me in touch with some of the original staff that was at U92 at the time, and um, I was at Z103 in Idaho Falls for like eight months, and then I came to U92 the first time in July of 2001. And what was your personal status at this point? Were you married? Did you have somebody? What did that look like? um, I was 21, so I was single. Okay, so that was, (laughs) moving was not such a big deal at that point in your life. No, I mean, it was just, that was the first time I was away from home. So, I mean, moving wasn't a big deal then. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, I moved a couple times after that. Like, I took a job in Florida. Um, so, when I went to Florida, my wife, who's my wife now, was my girlfriend at the time. Um, she came with me to Florida, and we had our first kid while I was in Florida. Um, so, he was born there, and then shortly after he was born, um, we wanted to be back in Utah because she's from here. So sure. we came back to Utah just so our family could help out with the baby and everything. So did you have a job in radio at that point, or you just moved back without a job? No. So what had happened was um, it, it was crazy how everything timed out. So um, I, was in, I was in Melbourne, Florida. I was a PD there. And then the guy who replaced me at U92 at night, Ironically, he was leaving. I think he was going to, like, Milwaukee or something. Right. So I, this was my space. This was, like, the beginning of social media. Okay. So I just kind of started, <laughs> I just started creeping on people's MySpace pages, and I saw, it wasn't even announced in the trade. I saw that he got, got this gig, 
So I reached out to the OM, who was still the OM when I was there, and I was like, hey, man, so I saw that so-and-so is leaving. Um, I'm really trying to get back to Utah. Would you be interested in talking to me about coming back for night? And he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. And we went through the whole process, and, um, yeah, I came back. Um, so the stars uh, aligned with that. Yeah, yeah, it was just crazy how it all worked out. So I got back on Halloween of uh, 2005. And how and, long were uh, you there? So that was probably my longest stint at U92. So we got back in 2005, and then um, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Our owner filed bankruptcy. We ended up having to merge with another company. New ownership, new management came in. So I was there until February of 2013, and um, that's when I got laid off. Which is very common in this business. I mean, I don't know any other industry, so I can't compare it, but layoffs in yeah. this in this business are extremely common, and, and so are non-competes. So for those of you that don't know what that is, you can't just hop across the street and work for another radio station. You usually have to either sit out for about six months or you have to move and uproot your whole life, which is a pretty yeah. big deal. Um, funny you say that. So actually I didn't have a non-compete. Okay. Um, that's unique. So, so this is, so what happened was I got, so I got laid off on a, I remember it was a Thursday. It was February 7th. I got laid off on a Thursday. I didn't even put anything on social media, but you know how radio, especially in this market is everybody just knows everything. Yes. So I started, everybody just started hitting me up and was like, Oh my God, can't believe it. I'm so sorry. Um, a buddy of mine named Wes Mora, who you might know, he, he worked at Cumulus at one point in time. Uh, he actually, I don't know what he's doing now. Um, but he was the promotions director at what was then Clear Channel here in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, so I know you've never done promotions or teching. He was like, but I need some techs. Um, so I got fired on a Thursday, and I was in the Clear Channel building on Monday. Um, wow. Just interviewing and, and uh, yeah, so I ended up getting part-time as a promo tech. I sucked at it. <laughs> it was probably the most awkward job I ever had in radio. Yeah, it's, that's a very physical job. It's, I mean, it makes yeah. it, being on the air, I don't want to say being on the air a piece of cake, but it's just very different um, as far as what kind of a challenge it is. And, I'm, yeah. I mean, I would have to say you probably took a pretty decent pay cut at that point. Oh I was, yeah, it was it was it was ten bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was ten bucks an hour. So, and you had a family uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I had a family. So obviously, you know, unemployment, and everything. So um, my wife was still working. She actually was going to Provo College at the time. She was uh, she was in school to be a uh, medical tech. So she was still going to school. She was working. I was doing a part-time thing at Clear Channel, but obviously that's not enough. No. So I ended up getting a part-time job at O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's Auto Parts in American Fork, Utah. Yeah. That was was an odd experience. I didn't know nothing about cars. (laughs) Very different from (laughs) the radio biz, yes. Yeah, so still doing part-time at Clear Channel. Um, Ended up going from a promo tech. Actually got a really cool um, part-time job there. I was board opting for the news talk station which I really enjoyed doing because I had never done news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was board hopping for the Rod Arquette show and producing some of their weekend programming. And honestly, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, I got a lot of hours. And, I mean, honestly, I would have stayed at that job if it was full-time. But, you know, unfortunately, you know how this business is. There was no full-time right. at that point in time. 
Um, but so um, it was kind of crazy. So like I was there board hopping, and then Christmas of 2013 came around, like the, like the holiday season. And you know how when the holiday season comes around, everybody takes off. And um, AJ, I'll never forget it. He uh, saw me in the hallway. He was like, "Hey man, you want to track a shift?" I have been off the air since February, and he uh, he let me track a shift on VHP. So, um, and that and led to and that led to another job. Not quite. So I had been sending my tapes out, but I, you know, like I had interviewed a bunch of places, and at this time, I actually was talking to a job. I was talking to a job up in Spokane. So I was voice tracking like the holidays here. I was voice actually was in the. Uh, was voice tracking back home in Detroit, too. They had let me pick up some shifts. So I was back on the air, and I was, you know, it was content. It just wasn't full-time. So I had interviewed with a station up in Spokane, um, and they ended up offering me a job, but um, I had to leave my family here. Um, The original plan actually was for for them to join me, didn't quite work out that way. So what happened um, with so that? Then, I mean, tell me what that looked like. So you get this job in Spokane, and, and the plan, like you said, is for them to join you in what kind of a timeline? Um, it, so I ended up only being in Spokane for six months. Um, it just kind of was so – this was like – this was February. This was February of 2014. My kids were in school, so I think the plan was let's let them get through the school year. Makes and, sense. Um, yeah, they come up. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. Um, just, just didn't. Just personal stuff came up. They didn't end up coming up. Um, actually, while I was in Spokane, I liked Spokane. It was great. But I was just doing nights in APD. So it was one of those things where it's like, man, like this is a cool job, but I want to do more. I wanted to be a PD again. So right. I, was, I applied for a job in Bismarck, North Dakota, and honestly, I didn't think I'd get it, and I did. So um, I ended up moving. I left Spokane about six months after that. Um, Six months after I got there, then I went to Bismarck. I got to Bismarck in August. Um, They didn't join me there either. Just just didn't quite work out. Well, so, it's it's really um, hard when you've got kids and they're in school and you've got a wife that her family and her roots are in Salt Lake City. It's just not yeah. as easy as it sounds. But talk about what that was like for you emotionally, because I know for me, I was away from my children moving from Salt Lake City to Boise. I was away from my kids for four months and it was yeah. like the darkest four months of my life because I felt like. I can't be a good mom. Like I'm, yes, I'm providing, but I'm not there for them. I'm not there to pick them up after school. I'm not there to make them dinner. And I, I got in this really weird place where I was so desperate to clean a toilet again or make a meal. (laughs) Like I just, I wanted that aspect of my life back so badly. Yeah. So when I, um, trying to remember, it was, it was crazy. So when I went to Spokane, I, um, I only got back to see them once that, for like that whole six months. You only saw them one time. To, yeah. Wow. Just because I, I just couldn't afford it. Um, right. There's to, that aspect. To Bismarck. I was in Bismarck for a year and a half, and I only saw them twice. Oh. Wow. So that was, um, that was tough. That was tough. Um, sorry, I'm trying not to choke up. No, it, it's extremely just, tough. And how old were your kids at that point? They were young. So 
Um, mm. Sorry. Um, just bringing back some memories. So yeah. when I came home for, I came home for Christmas and I had to go back to Bismarck and my son started crying mm. and I didn't, I didn't want to leave, but I had to. Wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. You you have every right to be emotional. It gives me chills just you talking about it because it's just such a major sacrifice, and people don't understand it. it, You know, you're sitting here trying to provide for your family. This is what you know. You know, so your options are a little limited, and you have to take what you can get. It's just very complicated. Yeah, so I so I came back for Christmas. About a month before that, um, my youngest son's birthday was it was Thanksgiving of that year. His birthday was on Thanksgiving. I couldn't make it back to Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. he was upset. Um, came back for Christmas, and that was good. It was really tough leaving. Yeah. Um, my oldest son was turning ten in February of two thousand five, and I wanted to be here for it, and. I tried. I actually did try. Um, just I couldn't get a flight out. I was going to drive from Bismarck to Billings, Montana to catch a flight, <laughs> and my car broke down. <laughs> so, like, I'm in the middle of North Dakota. It's, like, negative 20 degrees. <laughs> my car breaks down, and I, I couldn't make it back, so I felt horrible. Um, actually, so I saw them Christmas of 2014. I didn't see them again until April of 2015. <sighs> My gosh. And this whole time, I don't know if you mind speaking about this, but you're married through all of this. I can't imagine how difficult that was on your relationship. So I'll I'll get into that, too. So we actually, technically, we actually separated Mm -hmm. um, during that time because um, it just was really tough on both of us. And, you know, she didn't and she wanted to leave, but. I think it was a situation where her family was here and she just didn't want to. So we actually did tech. We separated and actually almost legally got divorced during that time. Um, that came down to money too. I just, we just didn't have the money to do it. So we were still married, but you know, separated. Yeah. Um, so, so did the Bismarck thing and don't get me wrong. I loved it there. I had a great experience uh, with, it was iHeart at that point. So, it was a great experience, but it just sucked me so far away. Of course. Um, so during this, so during this time, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So when I was in Spokane, um, a good friend of mine, Kevin Cruz, who I worked with forever and a day at U92, he had, he was going through some stuff too. He had went to Atlanta and got popped. And then he, um, he ended up going to Boise. So as I was going to Spokane, he was going from Atlanta to Boise. And then about a couple months after I was in Spokane, he was, uh, he was at Impact. He was at Wild. He was a PD of Wild. So he was like, he hit me up. It was like, hey, man, how would you feel about, about voice tracking Wild? And I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. I yeah. mean, I needed the extra money. Actually, I had, and I told a lot of people this, I had applied for jobs at Wild 101 a bunch of times and never, and never called me back. So it was crazy to like end up just start voice tracking for them. And I'm assuming this that was in, in part because it was closer in proximity to Salt Lake. Was that part of the appeal? Yes. Yes. So that was kind of like the beginning of me saying, okay, look, my kids are not going to join me. I need to start moving back closer. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, uh, but I'm going to try to figure this out. So, um, so I started voice tracking wild when I was in Spokane. I kept that going on when I was in Bismarck. 
um, for obvious reasons. Now, while I was in Bismarck, since it's iHeart, I had started back voice tracking for ZHT in Salt Lake, and I was working with all the guys here. And I would, you know, every now and then I would put the bug in their ear like, hey, you know, things didn't quite work out like I thought they were with the family. If something comes up there, please let me know. Like, I am more than willing to come back if I got to take a pay cut. Like, I don't care if it's promotions. Like, sure. I need to get back to Salt Lake. I need to get back. Um, so, you know, obviously they took that into consideration, but I was a PD in Bismarck. So while I was voice tracking, which was great, there just, there just wasn't, um, there wasn't anything full time here, um, from what I remember. So, um, and you know, I was still voice tracking wild. So I was like, all right, let's see what's up with Boise. So some things ended up happening. Um, and I was able to go to Boise. Um, so that was, uh, January of 2016. So I was in Bismarck for a year and a half and then, um, ended up being able to come to Boise and, um, but still about four to five hours away from your family. Yes. Yes. So still away. Um, so, and again, at this point, me and my wife had kind of reconciled. We were like, okay, let's try to work things out. And she actually came with me to Boise. The plan was for us to go to Boise, get set up, and just, you know, we ended up getting a house. Like, I had the most amazing three years in Boise. Um, mm-hmm. And my kids still didn't join us. Um, that's kind of more on some personal stuff. Like, they just they didn't want to leave here. They were young. They didn't want to leave their friends. How old were uh, they, they at this point? So when I got to Boise, uh, my youngest, was uh, he wasn't he was nine he was nine and my oldest was about to turn 11 yeah tough ages so, they don't they don't want to move at that point yeah they don't want to move they wasn't trying to move so even i mean they came to visit us and they loved it but they didn't they didn't want to come live with us so that was that was a tough blow it was like okay so we've done all this we've made the right moves i, I got a great job my wife had a great job but they still didn't want to come so it was like Okay. Let me make sure that I'm following you correctly. So your wife was here, but your kids were not. Right. So and who, that was the craziest thing trying to explain that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so who were your kids staying with? What did that look like? Uh, so her, so obviously her family's here. Uh, they were with her mom. So they were with their grandmother. Right. Um, they were with their grandmother. She, she did a really good job of just kind of, holding things down with them and just making sure they were all set because, you know, we went through some tough financial times. So it was in a way for me, it was like, at least I know they're in a good place. Like it sucks to not have them here, but at least I know they're okay. So that's kind of, for sure. kind of what I kept telling myself, which doesn't, it, it makes me sound like a horrible person no, it doesn't. in a way, but <laughs> I, it, to some people it does. I mean, like some people understood, some people didn't. Right. It was the craziest thing trying to explain it. But um, so they were here and, you know, it, it, it was tough. But while they weren't in Boise, we were able to get back and see them a lot, which, you know, it, you know, it sucks not having them there. But at least we were able to see them a lot more, which was more than I saw them during the whole the first two years I was gone. So, you know, it, it kind of worked out. And it had to have been better for your relationship, right? At least your wife's there with you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and and that was part of it, too. It was, you know, go there, let's get set up, let's figure out where we're at as a husband and wife, 
and then we'll bring the kids up. That that, that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, again, <laughs> so your podcast is called Not the Way I Planned It. That definitely was not the way I planned it. Yeah. Uh, so we did that, um, and you know, again, amazing time in Boise. I loved it. I had a great job. Worked for some great people. They gave me every opportunity I wanted, and it was tough to um, make that decision. But it was like, okay, like I could either continue being away or just suck it up and come back. So you end up back in Salt Lake City, and how did that happen? Did you get a job, or you just packed up and said, "I'm done"? So um, let me let me back up a little bit here. So during the time at Impact, um, we had um, we had acquired this, uh, a cluster in Twin Falls. So actually, while I was still working for Impact, um, everybody there knew my situation, and obviously Twin Falls is obviously not Salt Lake, but it, it, it changed a couple closer. hours off the drive. It, it changed a couple hours off the drive. So yeah. um, what they said was, hey, look, we've got, you know, we, we're, we're kind of getting some things going in Twin. How do you feel about just going being parked in Twin? Cool. Great. I mean, you know, I had a great house in Nampa, but if it's going to save a couple hours off my drive, fine, whatever. Um, during this time also, I had kind of started to put some feelers out back here in Salt Lake. I was starting to talk to some people, just saying, hey, you got anything, you know, what's it looking like down the road, just just kind of putting the feelers out, you know, just, you know, just kind of seeing what's going on. You know, I was I was coming down enough, so it was like, hey, look, I'm down here. Let me try to get a meeting with this person. Let me get a meeting yeah. with this person. Um, nothing really panned out. I mean, we got close. We got really close um, with some stuff at Broadway. We got really close. As far as full-time, it uh, didn't quite pan out. So, um, I started to look at some other options. I started applying at just, I, I like, I like social media. I like doing digital. So I started applying to like digital. There's a big tech scene here. I don't know when's the last time you've been to Utah. I've um, heard but, that. Yes. I, I haven't yeah, been there so, in a little bit, but, and I, and I haven't lived there for four years. So I've just yeah, kind of heard yeah. about it, but. Yeah, so I think you're you're originally from Lehigh, right? I am. I, mean, I saw that. Yep. So we so we live in Lehigh, and there's a big tech uh, there's a big tech boom in Lehigh. So I just started applying to like places there. Um, I also started applying to TV stations, um, just whatever it might be. I saw a position for a traffic person. Okay, I never did traffic, but whatever. I just started applying to stuff. Um, I got an email back from Nextstar Media, which is ABC Four here in Salt Lake. Uh, the lady emailed me back and said, hey, um, we can't pay for your move. Here's what the job pays. It was significantly less than what I was making. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested, let's talk. I thought about it, talked to the wife about it. I was like, well, you know, I got an email back from these people at ABC4. Here's what the job pays. They won't pay for a move, but I probably can get this job if, if I want to do it. It. I, I sat on that for about a week. Um, I emailed her back and said, hey, let's talk, you know. So we did a little informal interview. She just kind of went over what the position is. I mean, obviously, working in radio, you know a little bit about traffic, but never done it. Yeah. Um, so I came down on a Friday. Um, we were going to come down and see the kids anyway. So I came down on a Friday, stopped in there, and met everybody, and they were like, dude, if you want the job, it's yours. So wow. I was like, 
all right, well, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to take a $20,000 pay cut to go do a job I've never done. But uh, the only thing in my mind was we're back. So I get I to be with that. my kids. Yeah, that was the only thing that was on my mind. Um, while that was going on, um, I started talking to people at Broadway. and was like, hey, look, I'm coming back. If there's even just a little bit of part-time, I don't care what it is, just so I can still keep a foot in radio. And um, it worked out. So I came back to do traffic at ABC4 and to voice track mornings on United 2. Um, so it's crazy how that all worked out. Yeah, people, people also don't understand once you find yourself, we call it on the beach in radio or out of a job, out of the industry, it can be really difficult sometimes to find your way back. So I think you were very yeah. smart to try and keep your foot in the door in, in this business. Yeah, so um, backtracking a little bit. So while I was in Boise, um, you know, I, I left the job in Spokane and I left on great terms. They were, everybody there was great. But while I was in Boise, I started to voice track nights in Spokane again. So I still had that. Um, I was voice tracking back here in Salt Lake. I actually was still voice tracking on Wild for about a month um, after I got back. And they just decided, you know what, you're back there. Let's just, you know, cut ties here. You know, it's, it's been a great it's been a great relationship. But let's just let you be there. And uh, they decided to put someone on local there, which sure. was tough. Like, I, I really had a great time at Wild. I was a PD there for the last year and a half. But, you know, I, I get it. They, you know, they need someone local there. It so, also, um, but that also affects your income once again. It does. It does. But I was, it was like, <laughs> it was like, great. We're off to a great start. Now I'm losing a few hundred bucks. So that was tough. Um, so, you know, we, we made it work, though. Um so voice tracking mornings on U92, voice tracking in Spokane. I got the traffic position at ABC4. Um, and then, obviously, I've never done traffic. And while it was a great learning experience, I didn't exactly like the job. So the first week I was there, they had a position open, open in their um, digital uh, media department. So I applied for that. I was like, look, I've only been here a week, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna work in TV, let me at least do something I would like to do. So I met with the news director, and they ended up hiring me to do like some digital and social media stuff, which was great. Yeah, very cool. I got cool. to learn. A, yeah, I got to learn a lot about news. About two months after that, they had a position open for news producer. Never done it. Wow. Uh, I talked talked to my news director. It was like, hey, look. Um, Doing the digital stuff is great, but I don't know how much of a sustainable career that is just because, you know, who knows? And the money was a little bit better in traffic, but it wasn't great. So he was like, well, do you want to try being a producer? Sure. Let's give it a shot. So I've been doing that for the last four months, and I can tell you it has been the most intense yet um, been a, uh, just a great learning experience. But it was tough because... News is a lot different than radio. It, yes. it, it's a completely different game. But uh, I tell you what, I um, have been learning how to produce newscasts, and it's a cool gig. It's intense. It's very busy work, but it's a cool gig. So Well, and I think the I'm, more that you can diversify yourself in this industry, the better, because it is so cutthroat. And, I mean, just yeah. hearing your story, you can see that diversifying yourself is super smart. 
Yeah, and, you know, I, I talked to some people, and they're like, look, you know, I know you miss radio, and I know you miss programming, but news is probably a little more stable than radio right now. Um, you know, news doesn't pay as much, but, you know, you have to have bodies in the building. Like, a radio station, you can voice track the whole day, and everybody can go home, but you have to have yes. people. And if you have a news station, you have to have bodies there, so... Um, it's been cool. Like, you know, I, I'm happy that I still get to do radio, but I'm also happy to kind of try some other things. So sure. That's, and that's how are things, right how are things personally? You, you've got the kids back, you're up, you, you finally got the family unit in a typical yeah. fashion. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I didn't mean to go away from that. So obviously, um, that's been awesome. Um, my kids play sports, so. I'm able to take my son to his football practices, go to games. My oldest son is, you know, he's into like some different type of stuff. So the main reason, and, and my mom said this, the main reason for coming back was to rebuild that relationship with them. Cause I kind of lost it. Um, they, there was no trust because they felt like kind of felt like I abandoned them, which I didn't feel that way at first, but looking back, like I kind of did. Like I, chose to continue my radio career, which you got to pay the bills. Like I, I still have to have income coming in, but I can see as a, as a nine or eight year old kid, how it will look like my dad just left. And yeah. They don't understand all of the, the complexities of the finances and how it's not so easy to switch from one career to another. You, you just can't do that. So uh, yeah. from a kid's perspective, yeah. it, they just want dad there and that's about all they know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was tough and just, we, we've been working on everything and just getting back that trust and they, um, it, it took a while for them to kind of open up to me again, but I, I think we're back in a good place now. So, um, so good to hear while, you know, the, the money was, uh, it, it definitely was a big pay cut and coming back and, um, just cost of living here is crazy. Traffic here is crazy, but, um, I'll take it. I'll take it just to be back here with them. So yeah. What would you say to someone that's in a similar situation um, as you, where they have to make a choice professionally, personally, reflecting back on your journey, would you have done anything differently or what advice would you give? The only thing that, and again, I cherish the experiences I had in Spokane, Bismarck and Boise but there is a part of me sometimes that wishes I would have stuck it out a little bit longer um, when I was doing the part-time stuff at Clear Channel because I, I feel like eventually a full-time position would have came open. Yeah. Um, I, 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 didn't give it, I didn't give it long enough. Like, I was in a good place. Like, I was back on the air. You know, it was part-time, but it was enough so we can make it. So there are some times where I feel like, man, like maybe I should have stuck that out a little bit longer. You know, I could have given that another six months before I just went to Spokane um, and, and tried to make that work. And then I would have never had to leave. And, you know, we wouldn't have been in the position we were in. But hindsight is twenty twenty. You don't know what you don't know. And um, I'm a person that doesn't like to live with regret. So I don't regret anything. Yeah, but for sure. If I, if I, if I could have went back and did anything different, I would have been a little more patient. I would have probably stuck around at Clear Channel or iHeart um, just to see kind of where that would have went and if there was a full-time position, either, either, the, either there 
or somewhere else in the market. Like, you know, at some point, something would have opened up. Right. So I could have I could have stuck that out a little bit longer, but again, um, the experiences I had in those other markets, I, I, you know, I cherish them. Like I would say, I grew up during that time, during that three year period while I was away, or really, I guess you could say five years, uh, five years total. I grew up. I learned a lot. I learned how to be on my own. I learned how to just do all types of different stuff, not only in radio but just in life like i learned so many life lessons mm-hmm. just kind of being out there and just you know happen to figure it out on my own so yeah. um i don't regret anything but it did suck being away from my kids but, well um, and i, I would think- imagine because even though i had just a brief taste of being away from my kids i know that it changed me in the sense that i'm I'm way more grateful for the time that I get with my children. I've since gone through a divorce yeah. and, and that yeah. means yeah. me not being with my kids all the time. And so I, I really am grateful that I cherish that time in a way that I think a lot of parents don't. Yeah. Cause when I, you know, I'll be honest when I when I was here full time, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize what I had when I was here. Like I would go to their practices and there's been there's been something I've been trying lately um, where I just I put my phone down. I was in in radio. You're, we're so connected to technology and social media that before when I was here, like I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally. Mm-hmm. And I look I look back on that time now, and I'm like, God, I was a jerk. I was a horrible parent because like I was here, but I wasn't here. Now that I'm back, I just I. I take time. I put my phone away. And when I'm with them, like spending time with them, like I'm spending time with them. I'm not just sitting there, you know, listening to them, but also scrolling on Facebook. Like I, when I go to my son's practices now, when I go to his game, I leave my phone in the car. And if it's it's an emergency, they'll leave a, they'll leave a text or um, they'll leave a voicemail. Like, I think when you're when you're in a programming position, you kind of have to be connected at all times. But now, and I'm not in that big management position, I can I can leave my phone in the car for an hour and it's yeah. not the end of the world. You yeah. know, like I'm not I'm not worrying about oh man, is the station off the air or is this promo run or did you know, whatever. Like I can I can leave my phone in the car or even at home with at ease knowing that when I get back to it and I tell you what, nine times out of ten when I come back to my phone I don't have one missed call. Wow. Yeah, I need (laughs) to take... I'm not missing anything. (laughs) I need to take a big lesson from you in that because I'm still bad about it. I still... It's like I... My phone is attached to my hip and, you know, someone messages me about work. Oh, I got to take this or I got to take this call. And sometimes you do need to just literally leave it in the car and and step away from it. It's... It's difficult. We almost become a little bit addicted to that technology, but it's it's well worth it when we just put it away. That that's a huge lesson for me and uh, for a lot of people, I think. So good on you yeah, for it, that. It, it, it's refreshing, and it and it kind of you know like there's so much negativity on social media. It kind of kind of rids your mind of all those that toxic energy, also. So like it's obviously it's good, you know, because you're you know really spending time with your kids, but it also it's a mental thing too. So, you yeah. know, it, it serves a couple of different purposes. So, I mean, you know, obviously everybody's job's different. Everybody's life's different. You, if you got to have your phone on you, you have to. It, it is what it is. But if you can take that 30 minutes for an hour to just leave it in the car, leave it at home, you know, just yeah, put it down for a minute and just unplug. Like, and really unplug. My When I was in Boise, my general manager would always say, 
when you're going on vacation, I want you to unplug. I don't want you responding to emails. And she would get mad when we would <laughs> respond to emails. She's like, when I say unplug, I want you to unplug. And I, I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. Like, you got to unplug. You just got to just, you know what? I'm not going to respond to this email. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Well, I think you have had, I mean, very difficult journey, but I really applaud you for rebuilding that relationship with your kids. And I truly believe that in the end, it's the quality time, not just the quantity. And I think you're doing some really key things that in the long run, as they become adults, that's going to stick with them, you know, and you can continue to build those relationships. I think also, I mean, you, you set a good example in that you can rebuild it anytime too. I mean, for the most part, especially with kids, you can, their kids are pretty forgiving and you can, you can rebuild. And if you don't have a great relationship with your kids right now, work on that, do something to change it yeah. because you have that opportunity every day to make it different. Yeah. And I will say, you know, one of the, one of the things with coming back now, as opposed to, you know, sure. I could have, I could have stayed in Boise or twin and, you know, I could have stayed there for another year, but what, what kind of hit me was if I don't do this now, I may lose, we're losing more time. So like if I, you know, my, my oldest son now is 14. If I had to wait until he was 16, I mean, who knows? Like he would have at that point, maybe he wouldn't have been so forgiving. Maybe he that's would true. resent me more. And and that's kind of something that was kind of the, the, the catapult and, and coming back now, as opposed to maybe, you know, sticking it out and it's like, well, you know, let's wait a couple of years and let, let's wait on radio in Salt Lake. Um, no, like, let, I, I think I need to do this now because we're losing more time. And if I don't do this now, the resentment is going to continue to grow. And I don't want him to be 16 or 17 or my youngest to be, you know, 14 or 15 and just going, dad, you left us yeah. now. While that's there now, I think they're more willing to forgive now as opposed to waiting a few more years down the road. So that was kind of, that was kind of the key thing in making that decision at the top of this year going, I'm going to take a pay cut, but if I can get this time now to rebuild with them as opposed to a couple years down the road, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be beneficial and so far it's proved to be right. Well, I'm so happy for you. I I did want to just end, you shared something on your Facebook page and I thought it summed up your story and just had such a great message in it. Uh, You wrote the only constant in life is change people, jobs, plans, career goals, friends, et cetera. What matters is we adapt to the change. Nine months back in Utah, and even though I know it was the right thing to do to be back for my kids, which obviously is most important, I can't say many other things have gone the way I forecasted that they would at the start of this year. A tough pill to swallow following the amazing gig I left behind in Idaho. Not saying it's good or bad thing, but a part of life. The things that challenge us make us stronger. Moral of the story. If things don't go how you planned it, figure out how to make the best of your situation and give it 120% each day. Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 